So we shall read in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Uh, and then we shall read only three verses. Verse 5 to 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 12. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither shall thou shall thou come. And thither shall ye, bring, ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and heave offerings of your hand and your vows, and your freewill offerings, and the fastlings of your herds and of your flocks. Verse 7. And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that he has put in your hand uh, thereunto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Ye shall not do after all the things that we, have, we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. May the Lord add blessings. We can be seated as our brother reads for us in Luganda. Sadaka zamwe, nevi tunubi ya mwivyo kumi, nejuwe wayo, echisipuliwa, echumukono wamwe, nowe ya muwamwe, nevi muwayo wamwe, nevi libidye eviente zamwe, nevi endika zamwe, edamu na alirangeyo, umaso gamukamu wamwe, edamu na asamu kilangeyo, yuna, yuna sanga kevi kono jamwe, mwe, nawo mwinyumba zamwe, mwkama katonda wa mwyakuwe mwkusa. Okay, fine. So, we are going to focus this afternoon on offerings. Uh, I intended to focus more on tithes in the morning. Maybe I didn't do a very good job of separating the two. Uh, but I want to focus on offerings. In these scriptures that we have read, there are, very, there are very many types of offerings. Burnt offerings, uh, sacrifices, tithes, weave heave offerings of your hand, vows, free will offerings, and the fastlings. That's many, many types of offerings. We, we shall not go into all this, but we shall mention a few as we go on. Now, one important feature that was there in the worship of God in the Old Testament is that in every worship, they were not coming empty-handed. They had to come with something. 
when they come for various feasts, there was no feast where you people come empty-handed just, just to attend. Offering was a great, great feature of the Old Testament. See? Now, and uh, the Jews, for those of you who are Bible, keen Bible readers, where you don't just go through the Bible, but you would agree with me, in the periods that Israel had their hearts were right with God, they were worshipping God. They loved him with all their hearts. If there was anybody who was inclined to worship idols, they would get rid of that person. Because that's what was happening. When there was a revival in Israel, when the worship of the Lord was very high, they were very aggressive to anybody who worships idols. Right? Because Israel, they served God as a nation. At that time, when their hearts were very right with God, there was the, the offerings in the house of the Lord were abundant. So much such that you find in the time of Solomon, just not many years after David died, where the Bible describes that the, the offerings were without number. I, th I think at one time, the number of oxen that were slaughtered was over 120,000. But the sheep could not even be numbered. And the house of the Lord was very abundant when their hearts were right with God. But there were times when their hearts would, would, was very, 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 very low with God. And at that time, their offerings were very miserable. And God would complain about the offerings. Because it depends on the, the condition of their hearts. See? For example, in the, in the time of uh, when, the, when Israel came from, the, from captivity, uh, they came from, from Babylon, from uh, other, other lands, under the hand of Ezra and Nehemiah and others. And they, they rebuilt the walls. Of that time when they were rebuilding the walls of the temple. The Jews... Although their hearts were, 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 you know, revived towards God, but they had learned the habits of those lands. They had become very commercial. You know that even today, 
The Jews are reputed to be one of the meanest people in the world as far as money is concerned. Right? How many, people, how many people have read this book? This, we were, we were read, we were, you know, it was a famous story. It was called The Merchant of Venice. How many people have read that? Yeah. Maybe a few, just a few people. Now, in that, in, that, in that book, I want to use that story just to illustrate how mean the Jews had become. There was a Jew called Shylock, and he was a money lender. And he was so mean that when he lends you money, he will wring your neck he, to, for you to pay back. And he was rich. So the people had no choice. They had to come to him. But he was so cruel getting his money back. There was another neighbor, a merchant, that merchant of Venice, that was called the merchant of Venice, who was, a, who was also rich and also a moneylender, but he was very good-hearted, very kind-hearted. So people used to go to this man rather than go to Sherlock. And Sherlock was, uh, he was jealous. He hated this man because it was like night and day. This merchant, his goodness was, would expose the, the meanness and the cruelty of this guy. So he hated him. So one day, this merchant himself, he needed money. And the only place he could go to was to this Jew. <laughs> and he got money, the money he wanted, but they agreed. He told him, I don't want, if you fail to pay, I don't want anything else. I want us to agree that I'm going to cut a pound of meat from you in the place where I'm going to choose. And because this man, he thought that his business, his ships were out trading in the sea. And so he calculated and saw that he could pay on time. There was no danger. He signed <laughs> the agreement. So, unfortunately, his ships, there was a storm in the sea, many other things, and he could not pay. So, he comes to, the, to this Jews, and the Jew could not hear anything. We agreed on a pound of flesh from you. People who knew about the agreement, they tried to appeal to this guy, and he could not stomach, he could not hear anything. The case was taken to court, but the Jew could not relent. And the magistrate said, now there is no choice. <laughs> he has to cut. So the day came for now for them to cut. 
And this Jew, he was holding on his heart, one hand, he was holding the weighing scale, and on the other hand, a sharp knife. Now, and uh, people tried to give the last appeals. They pleaded. But then the Jew said, no. no. And he was just smiling. So finally, when it came now for him to cut, one person stood up and said, only one condition. It seems like my, our friend has to die. Because I don't, I don't care which part of your body. If you are cut a pound of flesh, <laughs> I don't see how you are going to survive. So, this man stood up and said, okay, seems like our friend has to die. But now, there is only one condition. Number one, when Sherlock cuts his pound of flesh, he must not cut anything less or anything more. He has to cut exactly one pound. pound. Number two, he should not shed even a drop of blood. Because they did not agree on blood. They agreed on flesh. So the case was dismissed. <laughs> That's how he escaped. So I'm just telling you that story to show you the character of the Jews. They historically, they, acquire, they acquired that Sherlock character when, when they went into captivity. They became mean. They became survivors. Had survivors. So when they came back to Israel, they had that mean attitude. They had that mean character. So when they go to offer, they were offering the worst of the animals. See? And the temple in the house of the Lord, they were bringing animals that are lame, that are sick, blind, things like that. Until you find the, the prophet that prophesied to the Jews after they came from captivity. There are prophets like Nehemiah, Malachi, Jeremiah. Right? Those are the, the prophets that post captivity prophets. And you find that in their prophecies, they were rebuking the Jews because of that spirit. Right? God was complaining. They had left that, that attitude that we read about in uh, Exodus. See? Where they were offering so much that even they are stopped from offering. They had left that good spirit in the time of Solomon where they were they were offering animals without number. That was gone. 
Now there were Sherlock's. Very mean. Right? It depended on their spiritual condition. Now, offerings in the time of the New Testament, the attitude has not changed. It has not changed. There is no way that you can go to the house of God empty-handed. You cannot say there is nothing in my life but trouble. If the hand of God has not been feeding you, how come you are alive so that you can come to church? How come you are healthy? How come you are dressed? You are not naked. See? It shows the hand of God has been upon you. See? Is that right? Can you say amen? The problem is an, an, an unthankful heart. Sometimes we are like the pig that Brother Branham described. A pig is, is walking around at the, at the foot of an apple tree. Apples are falling. When the, the pig hears a thud, it goes and eats the apple. Never even looking up to see where it's coming from. People just see the troubles of this life. But when, when, when something comes their way, they just grab it. They, they think it has come by luck. They don't look and recognize that it is the hand of God. So just this is survival. It's just survival. Try this. When something comes up, oh, by luck I've got this. But they don't see where it is coming from. To give thanks. Right? That's right. In the New Testament, we have to have the idea, this is what I'm trying to elevate today, the idea of offering. Offering to God, thanksgiving, as, as, a, as a way of giving him thanks because he is good. See? Not just with the mouth. He does not expect just with the mouth. Because he has, never, he has never accepted it that way. It's just like many times you find a brother. It comes to your notice that he is lacking. He is hungry, he is naked. Say, oh, God help God you. God, help. God will help you, brother. And you cannot help him. You don't even think that there is a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Since it has come to your knowledge. See? 
I always remember one sister telling me a story. I had preached in the church. Eh? And I, I had hammered the spirit of, uh, of meanness. People not being kind to one another. And not bearing one another's burden. So this, this sister came and told me a story. Not, not long before that. There was a sister who had come to her. She had walked to church that morning from, from very far. She didn't have any money. She didn't have any food in the house. And she had children. Now, when she was thinking of, go of going, the journey walking back, and she doesn't know what to do when she gets home. She told me, she told her, the Lord put it upon my heart to ask you, to tell you my story. Now this other sister, she didn't have any money. She had also just been helped to come to church. But instead of telling her, oh sister, I have nothing. She said, oh, let me try. Uh, let me see if any of my friends can help you. So she goes to a, to a sister who looks like she, she has something. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you are coming to church and you have expensive, you have, you have, you have come to the snacks that you have bought. It shows that you are well, you have your pocket is a bit deep. Or something. So she goes to the, one of the sisters. I have a sister here. She is sister so and so. She looks so desperate. She, she walks to church from very far. She has no money. I don't know. And I have nothing to give her myself. Maybe you have something. Then the sister, hey, how do you know her? How do you know that story? See? Very mean. Then she has to apologize. Oh, sorry. Then she goes to somebody else. She went to an, quite a number of people before she could get something from her for, for, the, for the sister. See? Now, I'm trying to say that if somebody comes to you, I don't know, I don't know that you have ever gone to a, an institution to you, you maybe you thought there was something, somebody there to help you. Somebody you knew, and then when you get there, you find that person is off duty. So the one who is telling you that they are off duty. Instead of telling you that they are off duty, they, they tell you, but maybe, maybe I can help you. Then you tell your story. Then this person helps you. Instead of just telling you they are off, they actually help you. And it's very good, isn't it? Now, that's what I'm saying. That the Bible tells us in the book of James, you see a person 
They have no money. Or they have no the needs of this life. And instead of just telling them, oh, God bless you, God help you, you take the burden. Even if you are not able to do it, but you actually take the burden to look for that thing. And make sure you help them. See? That's what we should do. That's the New Testament doctrine. Bearing one another's burdens. See? Now, and uh, offerings, those kind of offerings, because we are going to talk about, that is part of offering. Are you with me? We are going to see a bit later the types of offerings that God expects us to give. And that is one of them. When you see a brother or a sister in need and you sacrifice and help them, that is a sacrifice that is well pleasing to God. See? Now, and we should worship God with our sacrifices. Uh, First Peter chapter 2. Verse 5. It talks about the idea of offerings. In the New Testament worship. See? Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. I know people think that this just means singing to God, that that is the sacrifice. But let me show you what it means. Uh, sister, give me 560805. 560805, paragraph 6. You see, Brother Branham saying, talking about sacrifices. So, they are very loyal to go to church now. I don't, I don't, I, I, they, the they, they are talking about here. He had just, he was giving a report of meetings that he has just come from among the Eskimos. Eskimo. The Eskimos are people who live in the northern part of Canada. And I think the northwestern part of the USA, if I'm not mistaken, but they are in the north. 
Where their country is so cold that they are, it is ice all the time. See? So, and he's talking about meetings that he had been there. That he says, they are very loyal to go to church. No matter how cold it is, they wrap up in a blanket and set on a bobsled. A bobsled is a cut that they, they use. It, it slides on the ice. And it is pulled by horses, either a horse or a, or a dog, or dogs, a bunch of dogs. And drive the horse for 30 miles. Now, 30 miles is a real long distance. It's about 50 kilometers. Drive the horse for 30 miles to go to church. They walk through the snow drifts. A snow drift is a rain of snow. Not water, but snow. And everything else. Young and old. They all group together. In their country, there is a great danger of wolves. Wolves hunt in, 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 um, in groups. And when there is a, is a pack of wolves, they are very, very dangerous. They will tear up a human being within no time. See? And one family gets another, the other, and they start walking, and they go. And he says, it's a sacrifice that they make that is, that is what causes them to get so much out of the service. When there is no sacrifice, there is not very much to the service. You have to really get down and do something that hurts real bad. Have to lay aside some things or that to get to church and show God that you love him and you make a sacrifice to go is then that you get something out of it. In this report, there, there was so much tremendous healing and many helps that those people got because of sacrificing like that. And some of us, when we become Christians, we serve God when it is convenient. We don't know how to sacrifice. We can't sacrifice time. We can't let any of our businesses suffer. I remember one brother. He had a project where he had kept chicken. And there were meetings three, for three days. You know what he did? He poured food 
enough for three days for the chicken. And water enough for three days. And he told the chicken, you guys, if you gobble out up all your food within a day, you will see how to survive the rest of the time. Me, I'm going for meetings. And he went. Some of us, we don't know how to sacrifice. To do radical things. So that we can serve God. But when you sacrifice, that's when you get something out of the service. This worship of God when it's convenient, when you have time, you get nothing out of the service. That's why people come to service, they get blessed a little bit, but nothing much. Because they don't, they don't know how to sacrifice. You go to sacrifice. Things have not changed. See? That's what I'm trying to trumpet today. That there is something called sacrificing. You got to do something that hurts you. Some loss of some kind. It does not have to be a loss. God wants to see whether you can suffer for him. Some people talk about the, the, the squeeze coming. See? How can you sacrifice your life when you can't even sacrifice your time? See? When the squeeze comes, most of the people that use this jumping around, you'll just, you'll not see them. Based on what you see today. See? If you cannot sacrifice your time, you cannot sacrifice your money, something precious to you for the service of the Lord. Hey, what about life? You think you are able to sacrifice life? See, you are just lying to yourself. See? Now, are we still together? Can you say hallelujah? <laughs> I'm just stating facts. Right? Now, look. In the Old Testament, all sacrifices represented Christ. Is that right? I think that's something we all know. They all represented Christ. He was the lambs. He was in the goats. He was in the heifers. Is that right? Oh, yes. There was a time that they had, there were two goats. There was one sacrificial goat and the one, the other one was the, what was it called? The scapegoat. One of them is slaughtered. As it is being slaughtered, one holy man confesses 
the sins of the nation on the scapegoat. Right? Then it's taken by a man, that righteous man, into the wilderness. Far away. Both of those goats represented Christ. Christ was sacrificed for our sins. When Christ was buried, he took our sins far away. All those things, they represented Christ. And in almost all of them, the Moses was saying, or rather he was told by God, for a sweet savor unto the Lord. Sacrificed as a sweet smell, sweet savor unto the Lord. Do you know why it was a sweet savor? They had to smell nice, sweet. It is because Jesus Christ, when he lived here on earth, he had such a sweet life. He was sweet to everybody. Sweet to the parents. Sweet to the acquaintances. Everybody loved him. He was such a precious life. When, when he met Batimaeus, hey, look at what happened. It made a great difference in Batimaeus' life. It was a sweet life to everyone. He went to nine. In a city called Nine. When a woman lost her only son. Jesus stopped the, the funeral procession. He went to the coffin. See, young man, rise up. He was sweet everywhere he went. And that was represented by the sweet smell of the sacrifices. A sweet life. Sweet to men, sweet to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, and because he was such a sweet life, he was offered as a sacrifice. If he was not that sweet, he was not fit for sacrifice. See? So, what am I trying to say? When you are giving your offering to God, you are, you are, you are expressing that you are recognizing that Jesus, because you are so sweet, because you are so good to me, this is what I'm giving you. See? That is why it is so bad when, when you are offering to God, you offer something that, is that should be despised. See? Is that what Jesus means to you? What you are sacrificing? See? Let me tell you, for example, I think we better read that. I had not thought of that. But when you go to Hebrews chapter 10, to illustrate that, Hebrews 10, let's start from verse 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought of worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant Wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. Tunyweze o kwa tulange subi yafe, obuta sagasagana, kubanga eya subi zamwesigwa, eira tlo zaganenga fekana feka, o kukubiri zanga o kwagarwa, o kwagala nevi korwa ebirunji, obutare kanga kukunga nawamu, ngabala la bwebe isa. Na yenga tubu ulirida, iranga tuweyo ngiranga okukolevyo, okukolevyo, buwebitio, ngabwe mula ba olunakululi, ngaluna atiru kutuka. Kubaa, wetuge ndedira okuonona, ngatumazo kuwewa okutegira mazima, tewasigadeyo na te sadaka olwebibi, wabula okulindira nobuti, omusango, nobukambwe, obuomulido gugenda, okuocha balabe. Anyoma amateka gamusa afaa awatari kusasirwa uruaba julirwa ababidi obaba satu. Muloza mutia okubone rezibwa oyo kwa alisanyi zibwa kulienkana wa okusinga okuba okubi e yalinyi ilatala omwana wakatonda na alozo musai ogwe ndagano ogwa mutukuza obuta babutukufu nga ajirila echejo omoyo wechisa. I, I don't know that you, you get the, the how he is connecting the two. People who don't go to church, they see church, the program is going on. And they don't count that it is worth leaving their jobs or leaving to go to church. And the way the Bible is putting it is that these people have despised the blood that washed them and the spirit of grace that called them. They think it is not worth all the effort. Are you with me? That is the argument. Because all that is coming from don't forsake the coming together of the saints. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, the sinning here is not adultery, but it is refusing to go to church. 
Is that right? Wechidi. Hey. I'm not sure whether I'm communicating. Are you connecting those scriptures? See? Don't fail to go to church. For if we sin willfully, after we receive the knowledge of the truth, that he that despised the law of Moses died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How greater shall be the punishment of him who has despised the spirit of grace. So, when we look at the work of God, the way we treat it, we are expressing our feelings towards Jesus and the spirit of grace. See? I'm not sure whether I'm making my point. See? The point is all that you do doing the name of Jesus. See? He had a sweet life. He is good to me. So when I'm offering, I'm explaining, oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are so good to me. You are so sweet to me. You are so precious to me. When you're going to church, doing some sacrifice, Doing, you are doing something that hurts you. Hurts your business. See? I, I saw that very, very early in my when I believed the message. I had to walk far to go to fellowship. It was taking about an hour, fast walking. And I was just a young man. I think I was around 18, 19. No. And I would walk, 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 walk. Now when I was walking, I got a very sharp pain in the stomach. Very sharp. Until I almost sat down. Then, I felt, hey, this pain. I don't think I'll go to church. But then I, I, said, ah, no, I'll go. Let me die going to church. And I continued. The pain left. <laughs> I said, oh, so Satan is so real. See? I'm very sure that those people who miss church because they are sick, I'm very sure that if they came, they would walk home healed. Make no mistake about that. I always remember the story of my sister-in-law. She passed on, but she was a very spiritual woman. She, one day, Lumu, I, I, I saw, I, I passed her walking, to, going to church with her husband and look at me. 
She was walking like this. And I'm trying very hard not to, not to exaggerate. But she was walking like this, holding her tummy. Something like that. Walking to church. And on a fast walk, like the way I pass them walking, I would take about an hour. So you can imagine how many hours she took walking to church. Until even me, I was wondering. I knew her problem because she had come to me. Or I had gone to their home to examine her. And I knew that she needed an operation. It was a condition called appendicitis. She needed an operation. But she decided to go to church. And I was wondering, how? How can she go to church in that condition? But that day, the Holy Spirit came down. I laid hands on her. She got instantly when, when she was going home, she was walking normally. And I know that that's what happens. When you are sick, you make a sacrifice, God will honor that sacrifice. See? Exactly. Now, uh, let me say this. Eh? Are you with me? God does not accept any sacrifice. There are some sacrifices that are given with such an evil heart, with such selfishness, that God refuses it. Right? If you read in the book of Amos, Amos 5. Amos 5, Amos verse 23, 22 and 23. Chapter 2, chapter 5, brother. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. Amos you also know about the story of Cain. Cain offered a sacrifice to Cain God. But God refused it. Is that right? Yeah, so there are some things that you can do as a sacrifice. But it depends on the condition of your heart. What are you expressing? 
Cain's sacrifice was refused because it was not offered with a revelation. He was just offering. Right? And uh, he was not interested in the truth. Even when he saw that his sacrifice had been refused, but his brothers has been accepted, if he was honest, he would have said, oh, Oh, it's very good now. I didn't know how to sacrifice. But now, since God has accepted yours, then now we know the way of worship. Maybe tell me more about what you are saying. But the condition of his heart, even God himself came and told him, if you offered like your brother, I will accept you. But he was so angry that he even insulted God himself. There are some people who want this is the way to worship. This is what I'll give God. Take it or leave it. He doesn't want correction. Now, if you, if you have such an attitude and you offer to God that if he accepted Cain, he will accept yours. Because you have the same attitude. There are some sacrifices he refuses. And in the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, He says, uh, ye offer polluted, these, these are the Sherlock's that came from captivity, having that attitude. And this was the prophet Malachi prophesying to them. Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. The table of the Lord is something to be despised. When you go to the town, you see beggars, bowls or something. Where you put, people put money. Usually you don't give them, you don't take a loan to give to a beggar. You don't take a what? A loan. You don't, in your budget, you don't budget what you give to beggars. Is that right? You give them change. Maybe you have been buying something and you have a few coins. So when you see a beggar, you throw. There are some people who treat the offering bag like that. They usually put the little change they get. 
That is what you think about God. That his offering table is contemptible. It is something to be despised. It is like a, like a beggar's bowl. Where you put in little, little miserable things inside. Things you can do without. That is why God refused that. No, no, no. I don't want such offering. I cannot be a beggar. See? Yeah, he refused. He protested against Israel. And I'm wondering. Does he not protest about his people today who treat his table like that? Are you getting my question? Do you agree with me? So that's what happens. It's the same spirit, the Sherlock spirit that was upon the Jews. That is why usually you find that even in the new in our New Testament churches, see, churches are so poor. Yet the members, they are they are really doing their own things. Building big houses, buying new cars, prospering. Making deals, but the house of the Lord remains dilapidated. You have to really squeeze, and, and preachers are scared of saying anything about money because of the way the issue has been commercialized. By the way, Gideon had no idea what I'm coming to preach. Right? Even myself, let me tell you, I was not in a preaching mood. Those of you who are in the first meeting, and I was telling you that I was feeling like John Wesley. They were expecting him to go and preach. But he needed to be preached to. That's what I've been feeling all along. And the, the way I have benefited from your church here is the atmosphere of God that you have created. When I've been praying, I feel I'm talking to God right here. See? And I was feeling as if I don't want to preach. So Gideon has no idea what I was preaching. See? But I'm telling, and I don't even know the state of your treasury. I only know that in, the, in, our, in our churches, people have that problem. And that is why, because of having that evil attitude, that the table of the Lord is, some, is like a beggar's bowl. So God treats them in the same way. And I think God has been merciful. Right? Yeah, God has been merciful. But 
I think I can be able to say in the time of your ignorance God winked at your sins. But now when he has exposed it he commands repentance. See? And a change of attitude. That's why I took time to explain to you that all offerings they represented the wonderful life of Christ. And what Christ means to us. So when you are sacrificing either in terms of offerings or sacrificing you are coming, pushing yourself to come to church and sacrificing the things that are precious to you in this life you are expressing what Christ means to you you are loved to him because you recognize he is good to you so there is no way that you can treat the offering bag like that. That's the table of the Lord. There is no way that you can, you can treat the service. By, by coming to service, we sacrifice. Is that right? Yeah. If there was no sacrifice, we would not be here. I had to sacrifice to come here. See? Yeah. I had to sacrifice lots of things. I won't say what I sacrificed, but I had to sacrifice. Right. Now, verse 8. Verse 8. Let's, let's be finished. Verse 8. What these people are sacrificing. Now, it says, And if ye offer the blind for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? Said the Lord of hosts. Suppose you a member of parliament came to visit you. Or even the head of state comes to visit you. And then he sees that the chicken you are slaughtering for him is a chicken that has starved. It's almost dying. And you are leaving the big, huge, you know, cockroach that is there. Healthy. But you are choosing one that is almost dead. How will you think about you? That is what Malachi is challenging the Jews to do. Offer such animals to your governor and see whether he will be happy with you. See? If you continue up, I think verse 14, God even protests and saying, hey Israel, my, I am a great king. See? But cast be the deceiver 
which hath in his flock a male and voweth and sacrifices unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I'm a great king, said the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. Hey, does Jesus has to remind does he have to remind us that he is a great king? Does he have to remind us that he is good? Uh, Why are you offering to me things that are vile? Don't you remember I'm good? I'm great? Or you want to just talk about me when you are singing? But my cause is suffering. See? Do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? Right? They came to offer to God hypocritically. Did God accept them? Were they not taken from the church to be buried? Corpses? Are we worshipping the same God? Are we worshipping under the same covenant? See? Now, let me tell you a few things about offerings and show you why when you offer to God a corrupt thing despising his house you know attending services is not worth all the trouble hmm? I'm comparing it with the Eskimos that the prophet described they took so much trouble to go to church and the Bible tells us those who have an attitude that they cannot sacrifice that much Hebrews, we have read, tells us that they despise the spirit of grace. Are we together? Let me tell you if you have such an evil heart towards the sacrifices of God. Number one, God does not expect you to offer something that you do not have. Right? Say amen. Let me repeat again because I don't know whether you are keeping quiet because you are not understanding. In all these sacrifices that I'm talking about, God does not expect you to do something you are not able to do. You do according to your ability. So, there is, no, there is no reason to feel as if you are being driven. God is not driving you. 
He gives you something. And he expects you to offer a sacrifice. Because he knows you have it. See? So if you have a stingy hand, he knows what is there. He knows it. First Corinthians. Uh, no, Second Corinthians 8. Verse 12. Second Corinthians 8. Verse 12. It is according to your ability. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Right? And he is talking about offerings. We will go back to this scripture or something similar. But Paul is talking about offerings. If there first be a willing mind, that willing mind is accepted according to that which a man hath. Not according to what he doesn't have. See? Now, if we go to Psalms 50, like I promised you, we will come to it. And this is the second point. Psalms 50. Let's, let's read from I would like I would like to you to read the whole psalm when you get home. But let's start from verse 5. Verse 5. To 15. Now listen keenly as we read it. Gather my saints together unto me, and those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself, Selah. Hear, O my people, and I'll speak. O Israel, and I'll testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. He says, I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices, for thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy flocks, for every beast of the forest is mine, and a cattle and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Nor will I eat the flesh of bulls or the drink the blood of goats. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Mukunganye, Mukunganye, Abatukubange, Awamu, Wendy, Abagalana, Nangi, Abalagana Nangi, Indagano, Nesadaka, Neguru, Lidibu, Lida, Obutukiribuwe, Kubanga Katunda, Yemulamuzi, Yenini. Mwurire abantu bange nange na yogira. Kwe isi lahiri. 
nange na kutegeza nze katonda katonda wo sikunenyenga rasadaka zo nebyo kebwabyo biri mu maso gange bulijjo sirija sedume mu nyumba yo ni wakubadembuze nume mu bisibobyo kubanga buli nsolo eyo mu kibira yange nente ezo kunsozi lukumi enyonyi zonna ezo kunsozi nzimanyi nensole ezo munsiko zange singa nnumwe njala sandi kubulide kubanga ensi yange nokujula kwayo nze nalyanga enyama eya sedume nze nalyanga enyama eya sedume obananywa ngo musayi gwembuzi owenga kato owenga katonda sadaka eyokwebaza osasulenga obweya mubwo ali wagulu ennyo era ononko olanga kuluna kulokulabe nnaku ndi kuonya nawe oligulumizanze Amen. Now, Amen. I hope you get the idea. It's not that God is demanding anything. It's not that he wants your money. It's not, not that he needs it. Not even that he needs your presence here in the church. See? When he wants sacrifices, it's not that he's going to eat the meat. Or drink the blood. No. It is about you. And if you have not been good in doing this, don't start counting the cost hmm? of how much you owe God. And then you try to, you try to, to take loans to pay. <laughs> no, God has not kept an account. He is worried about the condition of your heart. See? That's what he needs. He wants you to recognize that he is good. And you come and worship him properly. Offer your sacrifices, your thanksgiving. Worship him. Call him in the time of your need. It is related, but when you have that evil heart, your heart is stingy. Like you will not even be able to approach him. See? Oh, there are many things we could say. That. Can you give me? Sister, give us 20, uh, 620121 uh, e 620121E, paragraph 86. And that's the same thing when you come to Christ. Lord, if you receive me into your kingdom, I promise. Now, these are the things you promise God. Uh, there you are. I'll love you. I'll be true to you. I'll serve you day and night. It's too bad we forget that. I'll serve you day and night. I'll fast. I'll pray. I'll be loyal to do to you. I'll bring my tithings into the storehouse. I'll pray many times a day. I'll do anything. I'll pledge all my love to you. That's what you should do. 
You see, it involves sacrifices. You are sacrificing your body, your comforts, your tithings, and all this. That's what God expected. Hmm. Now, uh, another scripture that supports that, the condition of the heart, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 5 to 7. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would come before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as covetousness. Chemvudendo waza ngachingwani de okwega idaboruganda bangkule mbere okujajemuri basoke barongo se omukisa guamwe. Now, if I can use uh, today's English language, this King James language, you may get, you may miss the meaning. Are we together? These brethren of Corinth, they had, they had done what? What is this called? We, they had pledged. And Paul was coming to take what they had promised. They had pledged. So, he sent some brethren before so that they can prepare the pledge, the thing that they had pledged. And he is telling them so that you can prepare it and it's complete as a gift. Not not in the sense of me being covetous, but a gift. Now, let's go to verse 6. You'll see it clearer there. But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, you know, like as if you are being forced. For God loveth a cheerful giver. So, you're saying, when you give, I want it to be that the attitude is not that you are being forced, but I want you to prepare it as a gift that you are offering to the king, not that you are being forced. When people have that attitude that they are being forced, they give grudgingly. And God doesn't like that. 
He wants you to offer like you are buying somebody a birthday gift. You are expressing your appreciation to that person. That is how the offerings of God are. See? Now, there are many things. I can see my time is going. Uh, and I, uh, let me skip some things here. Uh, and let, let me just come to this. Let me come to the types of offerings that should be going on in the church. What I'm talking about. Now, Number one, it is alms, A-L-M-S, alms. Alms, what it means, it is helps. Right? Helps in the church. And offerings in the church. The church is having like this project. Yeah. You have a generous heart towards it. Right? Somebody is needed in the church. Like I said, let people who know that case, let, them, let that person not just suffer. And it's not your business. Try to help them. If you can. If you can't, give the case to the deacon. So that there is awareness. Right? If there is anybody suffering in this church, painful and shameful needs that are embarrassing to the body of Christ. And there are some people who know about it. They have not tried to do anything about it. Neither do the deacons know there is something wrong with that person. None of us should be lacking to the extent of embarrassment to the body of Christ. Those are called arms. arms. Such helps. And we should be actively giving arms. Hey, I'm going to give you the scripture or part of the scripture or basis of this. And then offerings. Like projects. You have equipment and other needs of the church. Those are called offerings. People offering things, sponsoring this, sponsoring the other. That is something that we should actively be worshipping God by doing. Giving. See, that's right. Let's, let's see it in Acts chapter 10. Verse 1 to 4. As she's getting it, this is the story of Cornelius. There. there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him 
coming in to him and saying, Cornelius, look at the words of the angel. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said, thy prayers and thine arms have come up as a memorial before God. What what came before God? What did God recognize? His prayers and his arms. So does God respect arms today? Certainly. What did Cornelius get out of that? He got the Holy Ghost. And salvation for his house. Are we worshipping the same God? God recognizes those things. Those people who think, oh, the only thing God wants is my heart. Yeah, he wants your heart. But your heart will be expressed by your prayers and your arms and your offerings. Arms and offerings. Now, and uh, okay, we can. Uh, I wanted to read Hebrews six, Hebrews thirteen verse sixteen, which says, "To do good, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased." No kukanya temuera biranga kubanga sadake ziringe zuzusa nyusa nyoka tonda. This doing good is what I'm talking about. O kolo brunjo kwa kwenjo gerako. God is pleased with well with well with such sacrifices. Now, the other thing, the other type of offering that you give is what is called free will offerings. You'll find that in the book of Deuteronomy 16, verse 10. Free will offerings. And thou shalt keep the f uh, no sixteen uh, sixteen ten yeah okay fine. And thou shalt keep the feast of the weeks unto the Lord thy God with a tribute of a free will offering of thine hand which shall which thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God according as the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Ah. Ah. 
Chono wangayo nga mukama katonda o nga mukama nga mukama katonda obwakuwo mukisa Where as God blesses you in this life Mukama katonda nga bwakuwo mukisa mbulamu buno There should come a free will offering from there Eh muino kuvamwe chiwebwa yocho wayo kububwoche yagalire We were discussing with some ministers some time ago some months ago Then the question came up Echibuzo ne chija If you have a car and you sell it you sell it at its market value now you have the car sell it now you have the money the question came up should you pay tithes on this money then There are several ideas but my argument was unless you have made a profit on it say you bought it for so much and when you sell it you have gained then you should tithe the profit because that's income But now let's say you have even sold for less than what you what you bought it for. You haven't made any money. You haven't you have not made any money. But your your bank account has become fatter. Should you pay tithes on it? Strictly speaking no. Because there is no gain. You had the car. Now you have the money. You are not richer. Right? But then I said, if I have a car I'm trying to sell and the Lord has sent me a buyer and I have managed to sell the car. Should I just keep the money in my pocket and, and not recognize that God has done something good to me? Although I have not gained But can I say that God has done nothing? Are you getting me? Has God been good to me? So send me a buyer. Some of you who have sold cars or some property, you know how you can get stuck with it. Nobody coming to buy. Those who come to buy, they quote prices that are like an insult. So if God send somebody and I have good money although I have not made a profit but sure enough I should take a portion of that money and tell God thank you. I recognize that this is your hand. That is what is called a free will offering. I've been tamaking for the last 10 years. No job. 
Then God opens up a job for me. I get a nice job. See? Sure enough. Should I just start paying tithes on my salary? Shouldn't I thank God for that? Take something like your first salary, the whole of the salary. A free will offering. God being good to you in the things of this life. See? Am I convincing you something? Maybe you had not thought of it. But that is what it is. Don't be like that pig who lives under the apple tree. God is blessing you. But you never say thank you. And you keep on asking questions. Should I pay tithes? Should I do this? Ah, why are you asking all those questions? Why can't you just love the Lord and just, just give something good and generous? Such that there is no question. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. That is what is called free will offering. According as the Lord is blessing you. God sends a lot of customers to you so that you make a big sale. Don't be like the pig. Say, oh, thank you, Lord. This Sunday, I'll give a very fat offering. Something like that. See? Those are free will offerings. Now, uh, thirdly, ministers who are useful to you spiritually. See? You think, I'm, I'm, you think I'm shy to say this? I taught it even in my church. Because I know it is the scripture. It is not of, of covetousness, but it is the scripture. We are going to read it. Ministers who are useful to you spiritually. See? Now, Brother Branham, Brother Branham uh, he used to receive a lot of gifts from people. Sisters, and sister. they, would, they would just express how they are, how they are appreciative. A sister is, is very good in baking. So, she makes a nice, nice apple pie or something, apple pies. And he finds a carton of it. He doesn't even know who brings it. 
A brother who is a farmer, he gets the best of his apples and pears and brings a carton like that. There was one time that in, on Thanksgiving, somebody baked him a very nice turkey. You know the Americans, they, take, they eat turkeys during that time. Something that Something that he ate for days and days. <laughs> right? Said, hey, you are looking at me with very fierce eyes. <laughs> Let's read Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. So that you can see whether it is scripture or not. Verse 16 to 18. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. That is Paul now. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that, ye, that may abound to your account. <laughs> If you give me, it's not that I desire it, but I, I want you, your account to be settled. It's like you owe me. Right? Shall we read it again? You seem as if you are not convinced. He says that they, dis they had sent to his necessities. But he is telling them to send it. Not because he wants it. But so that they can settle their account. Hmm. Now, however, let me sound a warning here. All right? And I want you to listen to me. In Kenya, Kenya uh, I don't know how it is here in Uganda, we find people who come and a gift rises among the people. They pray for people and they get healed. And because the gift becomes prominent, heal people, cancer, what, You find people starting to give gifts to that man. Or even woman. <coughs> See? And then, they destroy that gift. My suggestion is, although what, what is being done is not wrong, but my recommendation is, let people, other people who are gifted, let them be helped through your pastor. Let the pastor handle that. 
But don't go directly giving them money. I remember one man in, 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 uh, in, in uh, South Africa. Quite gifted. Quite gifted. I have no doubt about it. He prayed for my wife. She had a very bad injury on the, on the shoulder. Oh yeah, it was very, very bad. She had fallen down, broken her shoulder. Then unfortunately, being on a plaster like that, she walked again around the same place. She fell again on the same thing. And this time it ruptured the... The, the tissues around there. I myself took her for a CT scan. And it showed she had ruptured muscles, capsules, bone, everything. And the arm was lame. It could not rise up above here. I took her to surgeons. There, there was no help. You know, and being our age, at our age, old age, it will, operations would not help. It may help in younger people, but they don't help. She was prayed for. Gideon was there in that meeting. He, he was our, our guest speaker in, in that convention. And that man was there. He prayed for her. Instantly, she could raise her arm. Completely okay. She doesn't even know which one it was, whether it was right or left. So the gift was real. But then what happened? People started going there, giving him gifts. One person put a standing order in his account. See, he was receiving so much money. See, so much money. And after a while, started getting lifted up in pride like that, like that. Until now he is, he is no... He didn't stay long in church. He left. And many gifts have been murdered by money. And that's why I'm saying, if there is anything that raises up here, let it go through the church account. If you want to give money, give it as an offering. The pastor is wise. He will know how to give the needs of people, meet the needs of people who are useful to the church. Right? I hope I'm right, brother. <laughs> but ministers who are useful to you, you can express it by giving them offering. God accepts it. Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let me, I'm just finishing. Let me end by saying this. Then I'll read, I'll make one other point. 
But let me say this before I, I come to that point. That, are you with me? Are you with me? Offer, listen, offerings of the New Testament, they are holier than the, those of the Old Testament. These things that I've told you about today, the, the Old Testament sacrifices were just shadows. They should be offered in abundance in the house of God. Arms, See, arms of offerings. You know, helping brethren who are needy. Arms. Offerings in the church. Church has projects. There should be abundance of offerings. Free will offerings should be going on all the time as God blesses you. Free will offerings. And ministers. See? The expression of your appreciation to them. They should be going on. They are holier than those of the Old Testament. You shouldn't have the mentality that they used to offer. They used to offer. We, we offer. Uh, finally, I just want to show you the New Testament idea about those offerings that they should be, they sh we should be very good in doing them. The first that I'll tell you as an illustration is the story of the good Samaritan. That's a parable that Jesus gave himself. And say, that is how, this is how we should treat one another. Read the story when you go home, in the book of Luke. This man, Samaritan, he, there was a man that was attacked by robbers whom nobody could help. That's like a sister or a brother who is needy. You know, when Satan, listen, when Satan attacks you, he also brings a spirit of meanness to the people who are around you to add to your misery. You feel abandoned by the world. People who should help you, they just pass you by. So this Samaritan, and Samaritan means he is not a good, very good, very holy person. Right? 
He came and found this man who is abandoned by the world. And instead of passing him by like the others, he came out from his donkey. He stooped down. He, he washed his wounds with oil and wine. And then he put him on the donkey, took him to a hotel, and he told the hotel people, take care of him. They, he paid money without knowing how long he is going to stay there. But he paid good money and told the hotel people, take care of him. He paid for his meals, Paid for the bed for a number of days. And he says, when I come back, I'll pass through here. If you pay something, don't deny him anything. Whatever you pay him, I'll pay you back. Hey, brother, sister, that is going to a great extent to help somebody in trouble. Jesus was illustrating how far we should get out of our way to help somebody in trouble. And Jesus, the conversation was between Jesus and a scribe, I think. A lawyer. A lawyer. So, he asked the lawyer, all those people who saw this man, who do you think was the neighbor to him? And he told him, the Samaritan. And he told him, go and do likewise. And that's what I'm telling you. Go and do likewise. Be generous. Abundantly generous to everybody. See? Now, Deuteronomy 15. Don't worry, I'll not keep you long. I'm just making this, just this point. I'll not even read all the, all the, the, the things that I'm having because I have many, many scriptures. Scriptures that encourage abundance of generosity. Deuteronomy 15, 12, to 16. And if thy brother, an Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. And when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. But thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock and out of thy floor, and out of thy winepress, of that which the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give to him. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. Uh, 
And the Lord thy God redeemed thee, therefore I command thee this thing today. And it shall be if he sent. Okay, fine. Inti. I think let's leave it there. Right? Kuguzanga Muganda, Omusaja, Omeblania, Omokazi, Omeblania, Namara, Emiaka Muka, Ganga, Kueriza, Mumako Gomusan, Vunarioka, Norioko Mutera, Della Okukuvako. Irabu ono mutera anga dalo kuvako, tomuta anga anga talinachi intu. Ono mubalira anga ebi nji kumbuzi zo, nekuguri rolio, nekusogole rolio, nga mukama katonda uboyakuo mukisa, buono muanga wocho. Irono jukira anga anti walimudu munsiye misiri, mukama katonda unakununula, chemvankula gira echigambe chodero. Amen. This is the case of uh, a servant who is being sent out now, being released on the year of Jubilee. I can liken it unto the way we employ brethren. Don't treat a brother like any other servant. But the way God has blessed you, the Bible uses the word liberally. Liberally. That right. means generously. Right? Be generous to your brethren. According as the Lord has blessed you. Let him not go empty. Matthew 5. Verse 42. I think this is my last scripture. Let me not read the rest. I have so many. Matthew 5, 42. All of them, okay. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. Right? There was a teaching that was going around. There's a, a minister who was trying to argue with me. Because there's a brother, I don't, know, I don't know where he had come from. And he had taught that people should not borrow money to each other. You'd rather go to borrow to Sherlock's. But don't borrow from brethren. And you... If a brother comes to borrow from you, don't give. Because they were saying that when he fails to pay, it will spoil the fellowship. Because you will be remembering that you have his, he has your debt. Now, if this is true, then where do you take this scripture? Right? Or you are not convinced? Or maybe you teach that here. <laughs> See? No. Jesus encouraged yes, generosity. 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 Yes, gener
if a brother asks you for money, give. If you have it. If he wants to borrow, give. It's only that you don't expect it back because Satan is very subtle there. Now, let me, let me qualify it because I may, leave a tra- I may leave trouble here. If you borrow money, make sure you return it. Right? Otherwise, you are going to give the church a lot of stress in obeying this scripture. And you'll be, you put brethren under temptation to be mean. Right? And let me tell you, brethren, please listen to me. This world is cruel, hard, cruel hearted. There is no mercy. And the reason why Satan, and Satan, to make sure that people become cruel hearted, they don't feel for other people's problems. It's because of raising conmen. See? In Kenya, Kenya, you will find somebody at night. He has a bandage on the face. Blood is flowing out. And he's crying to you as you are passing in your car. If you stop to help them, you get attacked by thieves. Or a woman holding a child. So that you are if you are touched with pity and you stop, she is part of a gang. So, because of that, it has made the society in Kenya to be very cruel-hearted. Even genuine cases, they cannot help. They just pass. And in that way, certain sense brothers in the church who are thieves. They don't work. Their job is just borrowing and not, not returning. So in that way, it creates a cruel attitude in the hearts of the people. See? We know that. But does that mean we should not teach the scriptures? See? Does that make the scriptures of to be of no value? See? What I'm trying to say is this. I would rather that uh, if, if you are born, you, if, if you think that you are going to be conned, if, maybe give the money through a deacon or something but don't, help, don't fail to help people. 
Otherwise, you are going to grow a cold heart. And that's not the character of the bride of Christ. Let me tell you, Brother Branham, Brother Branham he used to do this. He, he, he gets a visitor who comes and tells him, Oh, you know, I'm a minister. I'm from such and such a city. And I was, I was going for a mission. And my car, uh, it blew up the tires. And then I inquired and I heard there's a servant of God around here. And I need money to buy a set of tires. Brother Branham just writes a check. Gives him. Then after a while, he sends a decon to, to investigate. He finds out that he was conned. That was a thief. The next one, another one comes. He gives him a check. Right? Otherwise, you are going to let the cruelty of this world to create an anti-Christ-like character in you. That is Satan using thieves to create an anti-Christ-like godless character in people. And people are forced People are falling into that trap. And you even have preachers trying to support the work of Satan to make people cruel-hearted. Are you getting me? We have to do what our master said. Jesus was not cruel-hearted. How much has Jesus been conned? <laughs> See? If he counted what thieves have done to him, God would, God would have lost his kindness long ago. And we are his children. You understand me? Yeah, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you should that you should open your doors. Be 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 wise. But let there be a Christ-like character. Because then we are going to lose all the blessings from God. Let's be generous. Be kind to one another. Bearing one another's burden. Let's bear the burden of the church. The, th the, things, the things that the church is trying to do. Let's be part of it. Generously. If there are meetings like this, let's sacrifice with everything we have and we support the cause. Giving sacrifices. And by giving those sacrifices, God is well pleased. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So God bless you very much.